You are now listening to Sierra Unraveled, hosted by yours truly. I am a single mother who finally released myself from a toxic relationship with the help of God, of course, so I can pursue my wildest dreams. Tune in every week for some crazy stories, real life drama, and motivation to keep going. You got this. Hey, cutie patootie, welcome back to Sierra Unraveled. I bet you're irritated just a smidge because I keep saying I'm going to have a guest on my show and then I don't. Well, you know, you see what happens in people's lives, including mine. They're just all really busy. Yes, even despite COVID. So lining up a time slot to speak with someone we hardly know is really different sometimes, especially when they're in another part of the country. I'm going to stop telling you when I have a guest coming on and you'll just have to subscribe, come back every week and find out your damn self. So today I have a new friend of mine on the show who I hope will become a lifelong friend of mine. Support is very important when you are on your journey of self-healing and doing whatever you're trying to do to become the better you so that you don't go back into the situation where you're not happy. I'm really glad we connected and I'm so excited to pick each other's brains today. She is a business development manager by day and on the side she is a YouTube vlogger, a stop domestic violence advocate, author, to be in the making, and our bond, or it's our bond, right? Our bond consultant. Okay, our bond consultant. And whatever other title that she wants to give herself because she's absolutely amazing. Welcome to the show, Sunita. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm yeah, thank you. And I'm yeah, so glad to be here and honored to be here actually. Yes, it's been really interesting um reconnecting like connecting with people in other places just trying to incorporate like the same views and goals and I don't know how we found each other on Instagram I think it was, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, just it's a small world on social media. It really is. Unless you open your horizons and just start mass following a bunch of people to get your exposure out like me, because I feel like that's what I've been doing lately. (laughs) (laughs) So um, basically today, I just wanted to talk to you about, um, I guess, what your journey has been like in your relationship. I know um, at one point you were married and you're now are you divorced or are you in the process of divorcing or? Yeah, so I'm going through the process of divorce. Um, I'm I'm not sure how long it takes in other countries, but in the UK, especially with the pandemic going on, it's a bit of a slow process, um, especially as my um, abusive ex is not playing ball right now. So, yeah, so it's um, it's taking some time and I'm still going through the process. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a journey. Um, so I guess for me, I witnessed abuse throughout my entire childhood, mm-hmm. and then went on to. I actually went into my first relationship at the age of around nineteen, and walked straight into an abusive relationship without even realizing because mm-hmm. abuse was so normalized in my life and in my childhood that I had no idea it was abusive until only last year until I started researching abusive relationships because of my ex-husband wow so I then yeah so I then left that relationship and then um was single for a while Um, did briefly meet a non-abusive man but then that didn't work out and then ended up attracting my abusive husband um and that was 
incredibly abusive on so many different levels, psychological, emotional, physical, sexual, um, even technological abuse as well. So, yeah, there was pretty pretty much every single element of abuse going on in that relationship. Mm. And then I... I guess uh, I guess there was just elements of well the whole house feeling controlled my whole life being controlled um you know from small things like my you know being restricted for what I could wear what I could eat uh, where I could go with with the dog that is so where I could go walk the dog um Literally every element of my life was controlled and it felt like the whole house was controlled. Um, and wow. what was interesting, wow. yeah, what was interesting was it wasn't just my, myself that my ex-husband was controlling. He controlled other people around him as well. So kind of family members. So they almost all became extensions of kind of his abuse as, as well. So that was a very interesting point, um, wow. which I talk about. Yeah, which I talked about in my book. But um, yeah, it's uh, lots of different um, dynamics that go on in an abusive relationship where sometimes a family can be advocates for abuse as well. Yes, definitely. Wow, definitely understand that 100%. So I'm really glad to hear that you were able to realize it was abuse because I think education is really the most important part of it because, I mean, you can see it going on and know that it's not right, but until you start fact-checking and just also finding out that other people are going through the same thing and that it's not normal, then you can actually start making a way and changing it. Um, did he know? Well, first I want to ask, how long were you guys together? Yes. So actually I left him after 10 months of marriage. Okay. Um, so and yeah, so technically we're still married right now right. because the divorce process has taken a while. But I left him after 10 months of marriage, but we were together for around about, I think it was a roughly three years okay. um, in, to- in total. So we knew each other for a couple of years kind of before marriage. In the beginning, um, when you guys were dating, what was it like? He was Prince Charming. He was the most amazing man. Obviously, there was a lot of that fake love. I, I was enveloped in it. I couldn't see past it. Um, and that was obviously everything that I wanted at the time was just to be enveloped in this love and affection. And so he he gave me everything that I wanted. He read me like a book. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I didn't realize what was happening at the time. And so I obviously went with it. And um, this 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 man at the beginning stages was amazing. Um, and actually did the very opposite of what abusive men do you know he would build me up say how amazing I was how I deserved the world um, how you know I I deserved x y and z how I should believe in myself and because I'm this amazing person so of course what woman in a right mind would think this man is going to abuse me right a few months a few months later down the line um so in the beginning stages of the relationship he was everything that a girl could ask for you know he would buy me anything that I wanted or even suggested or even looked at um and then slowly slowly he crept in with his abusive ways and obviously it starts off with the psychological and emotional torment Mm -hmm. and then Um, It wasn't until what's interesting is the abuse, what I noticed, was very in proportion 
to the level of commitment within the relationship. So things seem to have stepped up a little when we moved in together. And you're right, there were things that I did think were wrong, but the way he explained things and obviously the with the mind games and everything and his family advocating what he was doing on top of that yes. made me yeah. feel like I was the I was crazy. I was the wrong person because I was the only person going against him especially behind Um, closed doors at that absolutely and if I tried to speak to any friends about it I would be almost kind of being told that I'm you know not keeping our relationship private and you know it it has to be a private relationship and you know it's it's just going to stir things up which I, I did kind of agree with at the time so I was like yeah I shouldn't be running off to my friends every time we have an argument Uh, which I think is kind of like a fair, fair point. But obviously, it's different when there's abuse involved. Um, But I actually didn't know it was abuse. I knew some of the stuff he was doing wrong after the marriage milestone, because after the marriage milestone, things got physical for, I guess, the first time. Um, And the sexual, sexual assault kind of happened. And I think there was sexual abuse actually going on throughout the entire relationship right from the beginning stages, but I just didn't realize it, but it actually really ramped up after marriage so that it, there really is a um, correlation with commitment and abuse, but I actually didn't know it was abuse. I had no idea it was abuse until I started just being constantly upset trying to tell my friends that this is what this man was doing and they were like that's not right so then I was being fed the question that it wasn't right um so I knew it wasn't right and I knew as soon as he physically touched me I knew that was not right um however did I know it was abuse no no I didn't um and then I called around for a therapist and because uh, I realized at the point I was a bit of a psychological mess mm-hmm. and um, I called around for a therapist and this therapist would said, look, I'm, I'm fully booked. I don't have time to see you, but just tell me what's going on quickly now and see if I can try and help and explain the situation. She asked me if, if there was any abuse involved and I, I laughed. And I was like, no, 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 no. My, my husband is not abusive. And she asked me for some examples of things that upset me. So I gave an example of when he had grabbed my already injured wrist mm-hmm. and like physically put me in pain intentionally. He intentionally put me in pain um, for no reason, literally no reason. I was sat there painting on a stool, doing my own thing in a different room, minding my own business. And he came out of nowhere to physically hurt me on purpose. And my, when I explained it to my ther- this, this woman on the phone who was a therapist, she basically said, that is abuse. Yeah. And I almost dropped the phone because I was like, no, she's got the wrong end of the stick. Right? Here. This is you don't want to yeah. you don't want to admit it ever. No. Yeah. So for me at that point, I was I think I'd gone into a bit of shock and there was an element of denial and I was trying to just figure everything out. And then I spoke to a friend and she said, yeah it sounds like it is abuse and she said if you don't want to take my word for it go on this anonymous forum so I went on this forum and I put in some examples try to keep it very objective as as objective as possible mm-hmm. and um literally after within minutes of me posting it on this global forum I had 
well, like 20, 25 comments saying, this is abuse. You need to get out, leave now. Wow. And that's when the penny dropped. That was literally when the penny dropped, when my friends had been telling me that things hadn't been right for a while. I knew things hadn't been right for a while. And when I heard it from, you know, because you think your friends are biased, you think your fa- family's biased, not that my family knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I heard it from people that didn't know me, that had nothing to gain from people just anonymously around the world who didn't know me or him at all to say it. Third party people to verify the abuse. I think I definitely yeah. had to do this because I didn't I didn't believe it coming from people that actually loved me, which is so sad because they definitely yeah. had my best interests at heart. But it, it's hard to acknowledge. Um, you said that um, when you did try to confide in other people and they told you that your life should be private, was it your friends that said your life should be in private or it was your, no, your ex was saying that, that you shouldn't be talking. Ex. I understand. Yeah, like not wanting me to speak to other people. Because yes. obviously then yeah. the more people you speak to, the more clearer things become. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, you shouldn't be talking to your friends about our relationship. Yep. It's private and all of this stuff, which now makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I do. Because I think, you know, if you're in a relate, I wouldn't want to be hearing from, you know, my sister, my, my brother-in-law constantly if every time they have an argument because it's their business. So I do agree with that to a certain extent, but what he was doing was wrong. And I was looking for almost like a confirmation, like, is it wrong? Um, so I think in that situation, if you're not sure if something's wrong or if something's right, then absolutely go and seek third party validation. Definitely. Wow. I'm really proud of you um, for being able to step out. So you said right after you um, realized in the forum, everyone was saying that you need to get out. How long do you think, were there multiple attempts at you trying to leave? What did that process look like for you? Um, I actually left the next day and didn't go back. Um, So that I was. Wow. Yeah. So, but what I think, guess, I guess the part that, people might not have known is I tried to leave before that so Mm -hmm. before I knew it was abuse I left literally two weeks after our honeymoon like there was an incident and where I literally fell over outside the house straight onto like the concrete ground outside hit my head my husband was there he watched me looked at me right in the eye whilst I was on the floor um and did nothing, just carried on working on his vehicle. Nothing. And so at that point, I knew something was wrong. And that was two weeks after my honeymoon. So I left him that weekend. Obviously, I had to go think because I, I thought, can I, you know, I haven't given this marriage a fair chance, you know, if I just walk away now. And so I basically thought, I just need to get some space. Um, I wrote him a five page letter and was like, in so many words, sort your crap out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Get it together, honey. (laughs) Yeah, because this is not right. And if you don't think, if you do think it's right, please speak to someone and tell me who else agrees that it's right to leave your wife on the floor while when she's hit her head um, on the concrete Mm -hmm. ground. And so, like, so I knew that was wrong. I wrote him a letter and I disappeared for a few days and I didn't tell anybody. I literally just bounced around from friend's house to friend's house and sofa, sofa surfed is what we call it. 
um, mm-hmm. just bouncing from house to house. So people wouldn't know I'd gone for, you know, three, four days. Um, you know, I just said to one friend, oh, I just need to come for one night. But I'd done that to three or four friends. Just so I wouldn't. So they didn't know at the time what was going on. Yeah, just so I wouldn't have to go home. Because remember, I just got married to this man. You know, 150 yeah. people were at my wedding, including all these friends. So, you know, it's kind of yeah. like the shame or an embarrassment surfaced there. And I couldn't like leave him because he left me on the floor because he was angry or he, he was in a silent sulk or, you know, whatever. So, I left I left him then for that weekend, not with the intention to leave him, but in I guess with the intention to get um intention to get some space. I tried to leave him, I think, a couple of times before that, um, where I went to I, I paid to stay in a hotel. Um, there was a time, I think, after that where I went to go stay with friends and family. So there was, I think, maybe two or three times where I did attempt to leave for a period of time, a short period of time. So, yeah. So how did he, how did he respond to that when you came back? Um, normally with more of the emotional torture, which was his silent treatment where he would just completely pretend you didn't exist. Wouldn't answer the phone, wouldn't answer your messages, even though we lived together, wouldn't even speak to me, um, ignore me. If I tried to hug him, just to be like, come on, snap out of it, babe, or whatever, he would actually physically push me so hard because he was like a um, very tall guy. I don't know what measurement unit you use, but he was like six foot like tall. Um, and mm-hmm. um, I'm like five, three, five, four. So, you know, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> and so yeah. he would push me, but with such force that I would end up like on the floor. And for some reason, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I just thought he just didn't know his own strength. Um, so I just knew I couldn't approach him when he was this angry. And I would get, and I would think it's my own fault because, oh, I shouldn't have approached him. Uh, so, yeah, it was best to just leave him alone and let him come to you when he was ready. And how he would come out of that sulk would be, even though, you know, it was him that done wrong, not me, um, he would then initiate um sexual intercourse and then it almost to wipe the slate clean and me just like it was going to solve yeah and then me just begging for that love and affection because I've been ignored for so long I would just want anything from him so I would just take it just be like yeah you know I just I just want you close to me I just want you to hug me I just want us to be better yeah so Yeah. yeah so that's how it would go and um it I would and 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 looking back now I know that that was just an extension to the punishment for me leaving, attempting to leave. Yeah. Do you um, think that when you did leave in the beginning, like when you wrote the letter the first time or your few attempts prior to you actually leaving, how did he take it? Like, did he say that you were overreacting? He said that you're the problem. Like, how was his response to you potentially wanting to leave? Oh, 100%. Like, I remember being in a hotel and I'd left him a letter because I couldn't communicate with the guy and highlighted his issues saying, you know, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. And I'm not, I'm I'm hurting and I'm unhappy, you know. And he, I remember being in this hotel wide awake at 4 a.m. because I couldn't sleep. And I don't even know why I bothered even getting a hotel. And um, 
I get a message come through at 4am when he decides to rock up home because I would never know where he was. I would never know when he was going to come home. So you obviously rock. You didn't care, did you? No, I, I, you I, just wanted him. Yeah, I did. You, I mean, you did care, but. I did care, but it was almost as if I wasn't um, of anyone of importance to know when he would, to, to be allowed to know when he was coming home. Like who who was I to even question when he was gonna come home? So and the 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 job he had, he was always traveling. Um, it wasn't like a go to one place of work every day. So he could leave the country. I would never know. I would literally never know where he was. And if I did ask, it was like I was asking for too much. So I remember to answer your question, he would. He, I remember he gave me like this really long message of abuse over me, over WhatsApp, over message saying, it's all your fault. How dare you even try to blame me? This is all, everything's down to you. You've done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and yeah, so just, yeah. So then of course, naturally being the abused woman, you think, oh my God, it is, it is all my fault. And yeah just hope for the best are you naturally a lover I feel like you are yeah so and and that I think that is a trait for abused women is we we love we we have a insatiable need to help others Mm -hmm. and so we attract these broken men yes yes yeah yeah who need who need helping but we can't help them they have to help themselves oh I couldn't agree with you more I definitely feel that on a whole nother level for sure. So after you left, what did you do to make sure that you don't go back? Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, after you found out, I can't, I'm still, still in shock that you just got up and left the next day. You're like, I'm done. I've had enough. Like, I'm so proud of you, but how did you stay away? Cause I'm sure you missed, missed him. You wanted things to work out. I mean, you guys were married. So yeah, there were, there were stages involved and, and, and there will be for anybody who goes through this. So I I knew I had to do something that I had never done before. I knew I had to cross a line I had never crossed before because there was no going back. Because as soon as I read the forum, which I knew something was brewing inside of me and I knew stuff that he was doing was wrong. And so I had this bad feeling about the whole situation anyway. And then the, the forum thing kind of just tipped me over the edge. So what I did was I crossed the line. And I called my mum because my mum, my family knew nothing. They knew absolutely nothing as to what was happening. And I explained the situation to my mum. My mum also being a survivor of domestic abuse. um, And my mum literally said, pack your bags and come to me now. And so that was all I needed to hear. Yeah, mum and dad play. (laughs) Yeah, that was all I needed to hear was that I had my mum's backing I had somewhere to go and I had that support and that was all I needed to hear and I think I am very lucky and I'm very fortunate because I did have my family's backing and not everybody has that yes so I owe it to my mum I owe it to my family for for backing me a hundred percent so I that was 11 o'clock at night and so I couldn't go then and he was sleeping in the spare room because I'd kind of thrown him out of my bedroom. I'd put a lock on my door because I was scared of what was going to happen next. So I literally was sat there not leaving my bedroom because I was so scared. 
And so I waited for the next day and he went to work because I didn't know if he was going to work or not. And I'm so glad that he did. So I went into the room, got the suitcase out of there, packed my stuff. The the mother I lived with the mother in law and she I made the mistake of telling her I was going and she called around more of his family. None of them wanted to hear a word I had to say, which makes me think they all knew what was happening and what he was like. And their main object ob- objective was to make me stay. So I had to fight to get out of the house. I literally had to fight to get out of the house. So that was a battle in itself. And then I went on a journey kind of after that. So my mom took me on holiday, like in the, in the UK, so not anywhere far, but she took me on holiday in the UK and I switched my phone off, which really helped because that stopped me from wanting to contact him. And I had my brothers. So I would suggest to anybody, if you have, if you can immerse yourself in being around family distract yourself as much as possible and yeah I cried on that holiday and I was heartbroken and I was asking the universe and praying to God to fix and change this man because yeah I still don't I still don't know 100% if I left for good if I left to leave him or if I left to initiate change in him mm-hmm. so um yeah so that first week I had my phone off second week I came back to uh, my mom's house with just this one suitcase of stuff that I had I had packed and left with and I had no message from him I had nothing no contact from any of his family and I was like wow this guy what he just doesn't care or is he just angry that I've left you know you know I only married him 10 months ago and uh, yeah, he didn't take him seriously did he yeah and I think I was like okay I'm just gonna wait so I waited another week and that's when I got a message two weeks it was two weeks after I left because there'd been no contact between me and him and he sent a message saying the locks have been changed you're not coming back to the house and I want a divorce and I was like oh my god and that's when I realized because within this two week period, I've done I had done a lot of research on abusive men because I'd figured out he was abusive by that point. And I was like, wow, he's chosen the reputation over me. And then it made the it made the decision easy for me because I knew I couldn't go back because if I went back, nothing was going to change. So I needed him to come to me and apologize so I could lay down the, the new rules and because he wasn't coming to me I knew I couldn't change him so then I, I just accepted it was over so I actually I thank him because if he'd come to me and apologized the likelihood of me going back would have been high um yeah. because he never came back for me I, I accept, and I actually enjoyed a life without him. Um, you know, life with my brothers and my mom, where there was no tension, the house wasn't controlled. I could eat whatever I wanted. I could wear whatever I wanted. Um, it was really liberating. So yeah, I, I was like, okay, we're done. And part of me thinks he did send that message just to get a reaction out of me, and he didn't get one because I didn't respond. I was like, okay, good for you. Yeah. So and then yeah, and then I ended up filing for divorce a few months after that. Um, you initiated it he didn't after I mean I know he said it but he didn't take the next steps no oh god no he did um but I got in there first and it killed, okay. it absolutely killed his ego <laughs> um because I knew he was going to file for divorce and 
he knew I was going to file for divorce. So it was just a question of who could get in there first. And we had to wait till our, uh, the, our 12 months of marriage um, was up before we could file. So we was actually waiting to get divorced. Wow. Yeah, it's so sad because you have to be legally married for a year in the UK before you can file for divorce. Wow, that's really sad because this, for people who can't get out or don't have the support, they're stuck um, with their abuser potentially and there's really nothing they can do about it until the, I mean, what if it happens the day after they get married and then, you know, for the next 11 months they're they're trapped in a house, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's it, yeah, I mean, like, luckily for me, I mean, as as long as they have somewhere to go, that you know they don't have to, like the legal process and the divorce is one thing but as long as they have somewhere to go um yeah is the main thing and so for me I had somewhere to go so I could live out the rest of you know my my time so I stayed with family for about four or five months um just and I, I and I would recommend that massively because there's something called post-separation abuse and post-separation anxiety and mm-hmm. In my case, I didn't have the post-separation abuse because he just he just cut himself off and I cut myself off from him. And yeah, I mean, they tried to make up some stuff about me, just minor stuff. But I was like, ah, is that all you got? <laughs> you know, you could do better than that. Come on. Um, and I was prepared for it anyway, because by that point I'd researched abusive men. So I knew what was going to come next. But I think the big thing is um, post-separation anxiety is massive and I was experiencing PTSD and I had no idea so I think to go and leave and to be by yourself is highly risky because you're going to be alone you're going to be you know constantly checking the doors a lot the windows are locked you're going to be on edge so I would recommend if possible if you do flee a abusive relationship is to go and live with people you trust and just be around people so you're you know you're constantly um surrounded by positivity you're constantly surrounded by people and you feel safe and I think that was the main thing for me is I was around my brothers and I felt safe because if he came my brothers were there and he and he yeah and he knew my brothers were there so I knew he wouldn't come yeah I did the exact same thing when I left I moved uh back in with my parents I moved across state lines it was about a three-hour drive but I had to physically remove myself and I moved in with my family and I was there for about five months but even when I moved back to my house by myself with just my daughter, I was afraid. I was definitely scared to be there alone because I knew he was around and I was like, I don't know if he's driving by. I don't know if he's like paying attention. In the beginning, he didn't even know that I was here. So I was like, what is he going to do when when he finds out? That was really worrisome for me. So I definitely recommend staying with people so you are less vulnerable. And I feel like those four or five months that I stayed with my family, I was able to recollect myself, get myself back together, kind of find myself a little bit more. Um, and I probably would have stayed longer if I didn't, if I wasn't really forced to move back to the state. So, yeah, like I, I agree. I, I say stay with family as long as you can, as long as you until you feel comfortable. And I'm glad you had your family to to turn to. Um, I actually feel for any woman who doesn't have that family support network 
um, to turn to. That's scary. So since since uh, you've lived with your family, are you still battling with yourself of like not going back? You guys don't have children together, I take it? No children, thank, thank goodness. Um, yeah, thank goodness. It makes it a lot more difficult to stay away from someone. <laughs> yeah, um, why well, I did, what was actually interesting and what I did was um, I had to, I realized I had to hold myself accountable to this decision. And as much as I just yearned for this man to just come to my mom's house and say he was sorry and he wanted me back, as much as I yearned for that and I wanted that, I knew that the man wasn't giving me any love. And actually, when I researched and I read a book about, you know, the controlling men and inside their minds and why they're doing everything it just made me feel sick and it actually made me realize what I had not seen for the last kind of two three years of my life um so that made me not want to go back like soon as I realized what he was and that you know he'd chosen his reputation over me I was like okay we're done we're done but that doesn't mean to say I, I wasn't hurting that doesn't mean to say I wasn't dying inside. That, you know, that I was heartbroken, you know, my marriage was over. So what I did was, and what I, help, I think helped me was, I told one person a day, every day, that didn't know about the situation. Because the more people I felt like knew, the less chance there was of me going back to him or even yeah. contacting him. And so I challenged myself because another another issue for me was the shame and the embarrassment being Asian, coming from an Asian background. There's a massive stigma against divorce. And this is why his family wouldn't let me leave that house that day, because I think they knew I wasn't going to come back. So, yeah, for me to, you know, to say I've left my husband for domestic violence, to accept it was domestic violence, to you know to tell people it was domestic violence and to say that I'm divorcing the man after 10 months of marriage was a big thing so I told myself the only way I can get rid of this shame and embarrassment feeling is if I tell one person a day and that way there's going to be no anxiety because I would have told everyone in a few weeks time (laughs) so so I did that and it actually really really helped because a it increased my circle of support around me and B, it I was felt like I was releasing a bit of tension every single day by telling someone. And it's like a weight off of your shoulders for sure. Yeah, and there was just that reassurance that I'd done nothing wrong. So for me, I was like, oh wow, I'm just wish I just told everyone a bit sooner, kind of thing. And so yeah, it was nice to just release that tension, get rid of any feelings of shame and embarrassment because I had done nothing wrong. It was his choice to be abusive. I think that's a very important point to make. Anyone listening to this, you have done nothing wrong. It was their choice to be abusive. Um, So there's nothing to be ashamed, nothing to be embarrassed of. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm so, so proud of you. Oh, it's you. I, I, like literally, it's amazing, especially after 
going into the marriage and having to deal with the family and you literally never know when someone else is in an abusive relationship until after they get out if they get out and that's the scariest most dangerous part about all of it so for people who typically end up in these abusive relationships how do we break the cycle I know you're not like a therapist or anything like that but what have you been doing specifically to make sure that you don't go back into another abusive relationship going forward? This is a massive question. I'm so glad you've asked this because this is a huge thing for women um, where we we do as survivors tend to end up attracting these men. And there's a lot of things here. So I'm going to try and make sure I cover all aspects of this question. So because I'm writing a book on this, I've researched a lot of areas and I am not, like you say, I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist or neuroscientist or anything like that. Um, However, I have done a lot of research in this area. And what the research suggests is, is that there's a certain, there's certain attributes that abused women tend to have. And those attributes are so this the, the abused woman can be anybody. She can be physically strong, she could do mixed martial arts, she could do boxing, you know, all these stereotypes we have in our head of as to who an abused woman is. Get rid of that because it can be anybody. However, that person who might come across strong in society might be that abused woman. Because what's really going on is the woman who um has low self-esteem low confidence has does a lot of negative self-talk um and maybe even have you know a not so great childhood where they've normalized abuse um from from childhood into adulthood so they don't know what they're going through is abuse so this kind of these kinds of attributes is what an abused woman tends to be um because i'll tell you something where there is self-love where there is self-worth there is no abuse so it's about in order to stop in order to stop entering this cycle again. So let's say for example I've left my ex-husband now. How do I ensure I do not attract this same um um kind of abusive male trait again? Well, we need to go on a journey for ourselves. Okay? So what they are is up to them. We have to stop focusing on them. Right? We're done with them. Let them go. Let them go on their own journey. If they want to sort themselves out, that's up to them. But they have to make that choice. For us, all we can do as women is to focus on ourselves. So we need to focus on getting our self-esteem up and getting our self-worth up, loving ourselves. Because the only reason why there's one thing, a man abusing us. But the other thing is we accepted that abuse. We condoned that abuse and we did that for a reason because we thought we we didn't deserve any more we felt like we didn't deserve any better so once we can figure that out we need to figure out why why did we put up with this because once we figured that out we're powerful we become powerful because then we hold the cards whereas before we handed everything over because you know we just we just wanted this love and attention now these abused women we we tend there's a tendency not always but there's a tendency where we have um maybe abandonment or rejection issues from childhood 
And that mean that means to say we can have the most amazing childhood, but for some reason, somewhere down the line, we felt like we were abandoned. Um, doesn't necessarily mean to say you were abused as a child, just to make that clear. Um, so because we have these abandonment rejection issues, it gives us this greater sense of or greater urge to want love and affection and just to be wrapped up in all of this nice, warm, fuzzy feelings of love. So what an abusive man is great at doing is he will come and scoop you up. He will come scoop you up and envelop you in all this fake love and this fake attention and oh, throw it all at you. And as as one of these women with low self-esteem, low confidence, um, you know, negative self-talk, wants to be visible, wants to be heard, wants attention, and this abused man reads us like a book and just envelops us in that, we're like, oh, yeah yeah give me more of that I want that you know so yeah. that's what and then also they too they also feel like I feel like they probably feel like if they can control a stronger woman that is going to boost their ego so much so that they can continue doing the things that they shouldn't be doing a hundred percent now this is how we break the cycle so this is very interesting so and I've I've kind of gone through this so I can speak from experience now in order to break the cycle when we come out of the of the abused relationship, if we haven't worked on ourselves enough, now we can work on ourselves, but it might not be enough. It might not be enough. We might not be a hundred percent. So if we let's say we're at 75, 80% of thinking we we love ourselves again, and um let's say um a non-abusive man comes along, like a really nice, safe loving caring man genuinely loving caring man comes along he might not envelop us in this love he might not show his affection he might not tell us how amazing we are he might not tell us you know that we deserve the world and because they don't do these things as a as an abused woman we run away because we're like oh he doesn't love me he doesn't care about me so we run away from the safe people is what we do. Yeah. We run away every single time. Yeah, we run away from the safe people because then they're not what we're used to. So then if there's another man on the other side of the road and he's like, Oh hey, beautiful. Oh wow, your body's amazing, you know, and they start stroking our ego, they start telling us the things we want to hear. What do you think we're gonna do as an abused woman with low self-esteem, low confidence? We're gonna run straight back over to that abused man. You know what I'm saying? So that is what we do. So to break the cycle, to break this cycle is to fully love ourselves, fully deal with our childhood issues as well. Because if you can't work out where it's come from, you're not gonna understand yourself. So you need to fully, the first thing is to fully understand yourself, fully understand where it's come from. And then once you've worked on those issues, then you need to work on fully loving yourself. And then you will attract the right person when you're on the right vibes. Because when you fully love yourself and enjoy your own company, these are the people that are going to want to come and enjoy that company. So breaking the cycle is about just being getting yourself to the right position so you can attract the right person. Yes. So. I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of what 
we can do, you and I or any other woman that may be in an abusive relationship currently or um, is a survivor, what we can do to help other women or I guess men, if you wanted to say, um, that, that might be having a hard time staying away from their abuser or wanting to get out but can't. Yeah, that's that's difficult. And what I would like to say is, um, yes, both men and women can be abusive, just so we've got that on the record. And um, also, we can never make the decision for anybody to to leave an abusive relationship. And what I have noticed is if the if you if you're listening to this and you do want to leave and you're struggling you have to make the decision for yourself you can't leave because somebody tells you because what I've noticed is you end up going straight back and circling right back to them so what I would suggest is is ask yourself if he truly loved you would he treat you the way he does if he was truly sorry why does he carry on? If he really didn't mean to lose his temper, then why does he keep doing it? Because if you you know deep down that that's not right, you just don't think that you deserve any better. So what I would like to say is you do deserve better. You just don't know it yet. You just haven't seen it. You haven't felt what it feels like. So you do deserve better. And if you're struggling to stay away, I just, that is, that is difficult as well. Um, and I think once you understand why they do it, and I think this might help, and this will help me, is abusive men abuse because they enjoy it. They enjoy what they're doing to you. They enjoy having the power and control over you. I think once you understand that, that was a game changer for me. Once I understood that these men enjoy what they were doing, what he he was enjoying it, that that changed everything for me. Even the even the the sex that we had, what I thought we was making love, no, that was just for his ego. So, I think once you understand that mm-hmm. everything that they're doing is they're in a mental prison. A narcissist, I feel sorry for them. They're in a mental prison. And they need you to be in that mental prison with them for, so they can survive. They need you as their fuel. That's literally all it is. And so if you can get out of that mental prison, you you will flourish. You will absolutely flourish. But just know that they are doing it. They are aware what they're doing and they are enjoying it. Whatever they say, they are skilled. They are skilled in manipulating they are skilled in being charming they have to be otherwise you know they wouldn't be able to get away with their abusive ways but just know that they are enjoying every single minute of it yeah for sure and even at a surface level question so you don't have to do so much like reflection and digging and research and just trying to figure it out but I mean yeah I guess you could just ask yourself how does the way that they treat you really make you feel yeah and if I'm sure you have, because I did this, um, if you've been very clear and told them exactly how it makes you feel with when they do their behavior, whenever they do whatever it is that they do to hurt you, if they really cared about you, if they really gave a crap about you, they wouldn't keep doing it. And you can't, and I'm, and I'm sorry, the statistics are ridiculously low. 
for abusive men changing. And this is why I wouldn't ever advocate, you know, trying to change an abusive man. Because it's it's you have to see an abusive man like a drug addict or an alcoholic. They are addicted to the power and control. And as soon as you say you're going to take away their benefits from them, they're not interested in 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 not being not trying to be abusive. They want to be mm-hmm. abusive. Can't change them. You really can't. Because they love the entitlement. They love the everything that comes with it. The sex whenever they want it. The control, you know, you doing everything for them. They love that. They absolutely love it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But it's not love. It's their they're giving you that one percent of love, drip feeding you, giving you the love bombing, just to make you feel like it. And if you feel like, yeah, but you, I'm so close to this man, I'm closer to this man than I've ever been to any of a non-abusive man. That, my friend, is called the trauma bond. Yeah, and it comes, it becomes dangerous for you too. So, so, and feel free to um, research the trauma bond or Stockholm syndrome whatever you wish to call it, um, that makes you feel closer to an abuser. And that is why we don't tend to leave or find it difficult to leave. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge um, and your experience. I know for some people, it's definitely difficult. I feel gotten some balls in the past few years to (laughs) be able to talk about this kind of stuff. Oh, I had one last question for you real quick before we kind of close up shop. But are you worried? um about your new journey that you're on um finding self-love on your in yourself um if he were to find out about all this stuff that you are now um embarking on or you just don't care you're like whatever I'm absolutely loving this journey I've 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 learned I thank my ex-husband because I've learned more about myself since leaving that marriage than I ever have in my entire life so I am loving understanding who I am I'm loving being me being my authentic self I'm loving the fact that I've cut away at all my childhood insecurities and trying to be perfect so I've cut away at that and I'm loving loving myself and just being me and and loving and having self-worth and this is the first time in my life I've 100% believed in myself and I wouldn't have come on this journey if it hadn't been for him so I'm actually really grateful for the whole process I'm really grateful for being able to love myself and understand my worth for the first time in my life so I I, yeah I, I I'm enjoying it thoroughly Wow, I'm so proud of you. And just Aww. you being able, that was the answer I was hoping for, seriously, because I, I can't agree more with you, for sure. I think it's really important that people get out and share their story and just find other people that they can get support with, especially if they've gone through it as well, even though everyone's situation is a little bit different from theirs. It's still relatable on so many levels. So today, I hope you guys got something out of this conversation with Sunita. Um, I'd like to drop in the comments just some of the books that she might have read and some of the ones that I've read about just understanding the abuse and you know just getting a better idea of what goes on or what has gone on or how we got out or all that jazz. Um, It might give you a little more insight um, on what it's like to kind of be a survivor. It's not easy saying that I'm a survivor. I don't even like acknowledging it most of the time. However, it's important because it's a part of who I am, although I do not let it define me. Sunita, literally, you're a blessing. 
your positivity, your intentions to help other women, and just your strength are so commendable and inspiring. Your future is as bright as you want it to be. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. Yeah, seriously, I really appreciate you. And as for you, my faithful listener, stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself.